Welcome to Faith Bible College International's podcast, where we share spirit-filled preaching, teaching, and encouragement. For everyone living to make a world of difference in their life and the lives around them with the good news of Jesus Christ. I appreciate Pastor Ward bragging on me so I don't have to brag on myself later. Okay, I'm preaching to this side because you were more enthused. This side was like, I don't know who you are. (laughs) This morning when I woke up, I was going to do my hair just like Pastor Ward. (laughs) But I decided to go this route. (laughs) Some of you are looking funny. I know I'm bald. It's okay, I promise. Uh, my voice is going to hold up today, I do declare that. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to be here. I love being here with you guys. Uh, the, the, some of the worship team came up and they, they led worship Saturday night for youth night there at uh, the, the fall convention with Pastor Wes Falloon, and I'm telling you, it was a great time. Seth, wait, where are you at, Seth? I'm going to do my hair like yours next time I come. Uh, the man bun, uh, I may have to do it on the side, but I'm going to have a man bun. Uh, I, I, I talked to Pastor, they really didn't tell me exactly what time to get done, and so this morning I'm beginning a series. <laughs> and, and I'm hopefully going to be done by 12.30. Brother Andy, if they get any sweeter than you, I just don't know where. I, I hope I brought you truly what I brought you today, and it wasn't drugs. I do pray that. Uh, Dr. Bell, uh, where'd he go? Well, there he is. Sir, I just love you, and you, you just always make me feel welcome, um, and you pick up where Pastor Ward lets off, and you make me feel like you want me here, and so I appreciate that. Uh, I'm going to be preaching short. I promise I won't hold you all day. This is not a Pharaoh message. Anybody know what a Pharaoh message is? Who said it? Let my people go. Yeah, I'm not going to preach that kind of message where you start saying, let my people go. I promise to treat you like a miniskirt. A miniskirt is long enough to cover the subject matter, but short enough to keep your attention. You can write it down. <laughs> I, I, I was, I was going to wear a tie today, but I, I, as I was going through security, they said, you can't have anything sharp on the airplane, so I don't have a tie on. Uh, I'm going to begin. Honestly, the Lord, is the, I'll stop. I promise. I'm really not that funny. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not as funny as Pastor Ward, so I'm going to stop trying to be. Uh, some had asked me, you know, what type of message will you preach today? And I said, hopefully not long. And I understood they meant expository textual. I, I topical. I'll probably cover all of those today. Uh, But I do have a word on my heart for you. It's not going to be a traditional chapel message, but I know God's given me this word. Uh, And some of you are going to say today, maybe it won't settle in completely today. And I know for a lot it will. But for some of you, I'm praying that in 12 years, if you need this, in four years, if you need this, that God's going to bring it back to your spirit and God's going to keep your steps sweet. And you'll understand that because I want to say to you today, watch your step. Because when the devil tries to, um, and you'll learn as we read this today, the Apostle Paul Uh, Sometimes a snake bites and he lands his bite, but sometimes God blesses you and you're able to miss the bite of the snake. But if you're not careful, the following steps will be panicked steps. But the Bible says the steps of the Lord are ordered of the the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. Therefore, when my steps are panicked, they're not being ordered and the enemy can catch me in a trap even when he misses the bite. Acts 28, 1 through 8. 
And when they were escaped, then they knew that they that the island was called Malita or Malta. And the barbarous people showed us no little kindness, for they kindled a fire and received us every one because of the present rain and because of the cold. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, no doubt... This man is a murderer whom, though he had escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. And he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. I love that text. Howbeit they looked when he should have swollen and fallen down dead suddenly. But after they had looked a great while and saw no harm come to him, they changed their mind and said that he is a God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, anoint me to preach your word today. God, I stand in need of your anointing. God, it's not about me. It's about you. Father, I ask that you let me impart today by your glory, God, and point everyone towards you, and we declare victory in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone shouts amen. amen. How many of you are in ministry uh, training? You're going to be a preacher, a pastor, an evangelist one day. Let me see your hand. Okay, here's my prayer. Father, you see those hands? Keep Hold them up real high. Father, my, I, I declare over them today that however they help me preach today, that's how the rest of their ministry will go. That's how people will help them preach. The prophetic word is on you. I'm not sure if I was prophesying or prophesying, but it will, it will turn out one day. It is something. But I want to talk to you today, and I want to uh, uh, extrapolate, if you will, and I'm, I'm going to take some information, and we're going to begin with our text, and then I, I want to continue with the theme. In Louisiana, I will tell you this. Everything that we have in Louisiana can kill you. The snakes can kill you. The alligators can kill you. The spiders can kill you. We have black widow spiders, brown recluse spiders. We have cottonmouth water moccasins. We have copperheads. We have coral snakes. Anything that is deadly, we have it in Louisiana. How many people want to come see me? But the food is good. Hey, the food is good. Sometimes you may be the food and sometimes you get to eat the food. It's the truth a little bit. No, it's actually completely true. Uh, but, but I want to talk to you today about snakes. The Apostle Paul, you know the story. I didn't have time to read the entire text. Uh, but you, you understand that the Apostle Paul was headed to see Caesar. He was on a floating jailhouse, basically a, a ship that was carrying prisoners. Uh, and, and, and Paul had a word from the Lord. And, and here's what he said. He said, look, he said, we're gonna, th there's a storm coming. We don't need to be on this boat right now. We need to stay right where we are. Can I say to you, you have men and women of God who are placed in your life right now. You need to learn to heed their word. I know that sometimes, and I still feel this way, I still feel like I have a better way, but I've learned that when a man of God or a woman of God speaks into my life, whether I agree or not, I'm going to heed to it. For one, there is a, a power in submitting to the authority in my life. People say, well, you just want to control me. No, they just want to put an umbrella over you and cover you. Oh, help me. Nobody appreciates the umbrella until it starts raining. That costs nothing. Uh, but, but Paul was on the ship and he had done nothing wrong. In fact, uh, the apostle Paul had done something right. Uh, there are times in your life uh, that you're going to be in, 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 in a situation uh, not because of something you have done wrong, uh, but because of something you have done right. Uh, and, and if you're not careful, uh, you'll begin to look for the reason of why am I going through this? Uh, but I want to tell you today, uh, you can't get hung up on that reason why for too long. Uh, because if you hang up on that reason why, uh, you're going to be stuck in a moment uh, that God's trying to get you to your purpose. Uh, and sometimes God will facilitate uh, a jail ministry uh, to get you places. Now, that's not the ministry I want. Uh, I'm praying that it's Dr. Bell or somebody who could handle themselves better than I could. Uh, I don't belong in prison. Uh, I would have a metal cup raking the bars like this, uh, yelling, somebody come get me out of this. Mm, it's okay. You can say if you want to, you can go to jail. I don't want to go to jail, but we can have a, a prison ministry some other way. But there are times that you'll go through a storm because of a devil. Or because of a decision. 
So many times we offer it up uh, that, that it's, a, it's a devil that made me go through this. Uh, but I want to tell you what I've learned in, in a few years of ministry. Uh, I've learned that more often than not, it's my decisions that put me in a storm, not a devil. Uh, now, the devil is out there, and he is an adversary. Uh, but I want to say uh, that, that we have to realize that we look in the mirror, as Pastor Ward said he did this morning, uh, and understand uh, that there are times I've got to realize my decisions uh, put me in a mess. But what do you do when it's someone else's decision uh, that puts you in the mess? Uh, what do you do when it's someone else uh, that makes a decision that puts you in a storm? Uh, that Paul was telling them, uh, he was saying, look, uh, this, is, this is avoidable, uh, but it became inevitable because uh, they did not heed the word from God. Uh, God is so big, uh, though, that he can use other people's decisions uh, to get you into your purpose. Uh, watch this. Uh, Paul goes and he says, uh, that angel showed up to me last night, uh, and he says, uh, he didn't give me a reason, but he gave me a revelation. Uh, he told me uh, that we're going to go a certain way, that we're going to be shipwrecked. Uh, we're going to lose the ship, but no one's going to die in this thing. Uh, I want to tell you this today, and you can write it down in your heart or on a piece of paper or in your iPad, uh, whatever you're using today. Uh, but watch this. Uh, you can fight hell. Uh, you can't rather fight hell with a reason, uh, but you can fight hell with a revelation. Uh, some of you are standing uh, trying to find out why did I go through this? Uh, why did I have to walk through this? Uh, you don't need to get stuck long in the why, because even if you knew why you were walking through it, uh, it wouldn't matter anyway, uh, because you can't fight hell with a reason you're in it, uh, but you can fight hell with a revelation from God. Uh, I'm trying to impart something to your spirit this morning, uh, that if you stay stuck in that reason, uh, you're going to miss the revelation, uh, and you've got to stand firm knowing uh, I've got a word from God. Uh, I don't have to know how I got here. Uh, all I've got to know is God is going to get me on to the other side. Shout amen, somebody. Yeah. Ooh, we're a series. We're in a series. I'm going to finish. Help me, Lord. And so you understand, and to make this really fast, they did run aground like Paul said. The revelation, the ship did break apart. That was the revelation. There was never a reason for why it would happen. But he said, we don't need to go here. But they went there. And all of a sudden, and this is what I want you to notice, the ship began to break apart. The thing that had carried them for weeks and months, the thing that they had could put their feet on, Pastor, that they stood firmly, and they knew, although the water got rough, I still had the ship. Suddenly, the thing they had been standing on began to break apart. What do you do when the thing that you have stood on uh, for most of your life begins to break apart? Uh, what do you do when that foundational thing uh, begins to break into pieces? Uh, what do you do when the thing that had gotten you where you are now, it starts changing appearance because it breaks into small pieces? Uh, the Bible tells us what the Apostle Paul did. Uh, they grabbed a hold of broken pieces of the ship. Uh, they grabbed a hold of broken boards, uh, and they floated on to their purpose. Uh, I want to tell you, just because the thing uh, that you have been depending on uh, changes shape, uh, that does not mean that it's lost its ability to get you where God has taken you to. Um, that's a word for somebody. Uh, just because it doesn't look like it did last year uh, doesn't mean that it will not get you to your purpose tomorrow. Uh, we have got to understand uh, when it changes shape, God will still use it because if I'm still floating, uh, I'm still alive. Shout amen, somebody. Amen. I know I'm going fast, but I'm in a series. I'm trying to get to part two of our series this morning. <laughs> Suddenly, as they float, and y'all all know, know the story, right? I shouldn't have to come to the Bible college and tell you every account that's taken place. Uh, if you don't know it, raise your hand, and Pastor Ward will counsel you afterwards. And, Christian, you better help me preach, because if not, I'll tell everything I know. Matter of fact, can I get a, well, <laughs> come on, there he goes. I, got, I thought I'd get it out of him. But watch this. They float, and they finally get there, and, and, and they're soaking wet. They've been in, in a shipwreck. I mean, 14 days. Uh, they've been in a tumultuous situation. Uh, they're soaking wet, and the Apostle Paul's like, whew, finally I made it. Uh, and, and the, the barbarous people start building them a fire. Thank God for people who aren't supposed to be kind, but in a season when I've been in a storm, God will cause that person to be kind. Down south, now I know that, that you guys are shocked that, that I'm from the south. You can't tell by my accent. I know, right? I, I'm from a northern state, Louisiana. 
But there's something that we say down south, and maybe you guys say it up here. Favor ain't fair. Can we say? Can I say that, Doctor Bell? Please just 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 put your fingers in your ears for a minute. Favor ain't fair, or favor is not fair. I guess we could say. It. But favor ain't fair. Watch this. God will put you in a position where you've been in a, in, a, in a place where someone should not like you, where someone should not open a door for you. But all of a sudden, it's like I don't even know what's going on. In fact, we had a fight with the city. They were trying to shut our church down. Can you believe that? Said they were going to padlock our building, and they said, "What are you going to do?" If we put locks on your building, Pastor, I said, I'll buy bolt cutters. Uh, we had to go, I'm telling you, for two years, and we fought the city to exist uh, simply for the fact that we located across from a bar, and we were setting up out front uh, at 2 o'clock in the morning, uh, and we had worship, uh, and, and we started out having hot dogs, but we learned that you don't give a drunk person chili dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Pizza, no sauce, extra cheese. Trust me on that. Just trust me how I got to that. Come on now. And, and so we set across and we were making them mad. We literally, we, we in fact, the, the bar owner came across and, and helped us move into the building. And, and we were great neighbors, if you will, because my dad taught me you don't fish in a swimming pool, you fish in a pond. And so that's what we were doing. We didn't yell at them. All we did was play worship music. And so they just thought the party had moved across the street. But when they got over there, we ambushed them with the love of Christ. Did you tell them they were wrong for being drunk? Not at all. We told them that you don't have to get drunk like that, but there's a greater wine. And, and the Lord helped us. And every weekend we were averaging winning 30 people for Jesus Christ, coming out of a bar room. And so the city, for whatever reason, didn't like us. And they, in fact, when I say didn't like us, I'm telling you, they did not like us. They were shutting us down. It was a last meeting before the city council. And, and they had told us and sent us a message. You're through. Go ahead and get find another building. I said, we've already purchased this building. We've already gone through all the process, the paperwork. And they said, we do not care. You have lost your license to be a church. And we're sitting there in that meeting and, and, and I was there and, and, and I knew what was going to take place and I felt terrible. We had several hundred of our church members there. We were sitting in the meeting and I'm thinking, what kind of leader am I? We're about to lose our church. And all of a sudden, the head of the city council, uh, he says, Pastor, will you open us with prayer? I have my head down like this. And my wife nudged me and said, he's talking to you. I said, no, I'm sure he's not talking to me. He said again, uh, Reverend, will, 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 you, will you open us with prayer? I kind of looked up at one eye. My wife said, he is talking about you. I let him say it a third time just because I wanted to hear him say it. <laughs> he said, sir, will, will you please open with prayer? And Pastor Ward, this is what I prayed. I said, Father, I thank you for being here today, and I declare a blessing over this place if they adhere to the word of God that says where Zion prevails the city prospers. I said Lord conversely if, if Zion does not prevail let the city go broke. That was my prayer and I walked off the podium. You could have heard a pin drop but before that meeting was over I'm telling you before my, but God is my witness and they're watching online I can tell you God changed everything. God gave us favor with barbarians and they built us a fire. Come on somebody. God will move for you when you think they will not. So I'll say again in my southern vernacular favor ain't fair. You can tweet that, but you can fix it how you'd like to. But Paul was there, and they built a fire for him, and I like what Paul did. He didn't want to look like a lazy preacher, and, and we need to think about that for a minute. If you see somebody carrying chairs, uh, I'm the guest speaker at a camp meeting right now, and I saw them carrying chairs in. Do you know what I did? After they, they fussed at me, but I went and grabbed chairs and helped them carry them in. Why? Because I have never gotten so big that I can't become small enough to be big enough to be used by God. <laughs> 
I'm going to leave that for you guys. Without mercy, I feel it though. Uh, but he, he came in, he was helping build a fire. Poor old Paul, Paul he was trying his best, uh, and he put the, the logs on the fire, and all of a sudden, a viper comes out and latches onto his hand uh, and bites him. Uh, and and, and the, the way venom works, it goes straight to your heart, and if it's a very venomous snake, uh, it will kill you just like that. You'll go into cardiac arrest, uh, and it'll be over. I'm sure all you know this because you know a lot about snakes, right? Uh, in, anybody studying snakeology? Is that a thing, Dr. Bell? I don't know. Maybe it's not. Uh, but so they, they watched him, uh, and, and the venom did not affect his heart. Something happened. They, they stared at him for a long time, and they said, oh man, he must be a murderer, no doubt. He escaped the sea, yet he's going to die. But watch this. Here's what happened. They, they looked at him, but the venom did not affect his heart. Can you get to a place in your walk with God that even when the snake bites you, you don't let the venom affect your heart? Because I'm going to tell you, in ministry, you're going to have opportunities to let the poison get in your heart. You're going to have opportunities that you want to use this pulpit as a whipping post, but I cannot because Jesus was whipped at Calvary. I don't have to whip the saints. I just point them back to him. And there are times you're going to have to go through and have tough conversations, but I will not let my heart become bitter. I have been there. I've had people walk out on me that I have taken off the streets and raised them and loved them, and I had to walk out on me and take people with them. But what I have learned to do, you've got to get to a place that I will not let the poison get to my heart. I'm not going to let it kill my ministry. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to throw in the towel. But so many of us, were still standing in pulpits, but we're using it as a whipping post. That is not biblical, and that is not the Word of God. This... Mm. I'll leave that to whoever teaches that, por por that portion. But my question is this, as, a, as kind of their question as well. I can imagine as they were staring at him and watching him, their, their question was, if you really are a servant of God, why didn't he keep the snake from biting you? You're going to get asked that question. You can write that down. If you really serve God, if God's really all-powerful, then why does your daughter have a heart condition? If you really serve God, why did you have to have open-heart surgery? If you really do have a God that's big and, and moves in heaven and, and moves things on earth, uh, why in the world did you get bitten by a snake? Uh, why did that happen? Uh, I believe it happened for this reason. Uh, sometimes God will allow us to go through things publicly uh, because he needs somebody's faith to be out there. God doesn't always want to bring us out. God wants to bring you through. Why? Because bringing you out gives no glory to him. Uh, bringing you through gives him all the glory. Uh, because when you get on the other side uh, and say, you know what, I've been in a valley, uh, but God brought me out. Uh, I've been in a midnight season, but God brought me out of this season. I want to tell you, and this will not cost you anything, if you've been through a dark season, according to Psalms 92, it tells me that I'm, I'm ready for a fresh oil. In Psalms 92, it says, David said, you have kept me all night long. Then what he says is, now you have anointed me with fresh oil. If you've ever gone through a night season, God is getting you ready to put a fresh anointing on your life. Oh, help me. I don't have time. I've got to get to part two of this series. I'm still working on it. And so the Apostle Paul standing there with a snake hanging on his hand, uh, and, 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 and I, I don't guess that would be a fun place to be. Uh, but the Bible said he shook it off, rather on purpose or rather because he was like, ah, snake's on my hand. And, you know, I, that's probably my response. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure that, that your, your teachers and Pastor Ward, he's tough, I know that, and, and I'm sure he'd be like, oh yes, that looks like uh, it's indigenous to this area. It's a... Um... <laughs> I'm going to remove it shortly, and I'll, I will shake it off and, and place it in the fire. But, but my response would be, dear God in heaven, there's a snake on my hand. Somebody get it off, get it off, get it off, get it off. But he shook it off in the fire. However it got there, it got there. Can I tell you that when you start having a fiery moment in your walk with God, when it starts getting hot, get ready for snakes to be revealed because they get comfortable around a certain amount of heat. But when you really get on fire, don't. I'm telling you, expect that phone number to show back up on your phone that you're supposed to have gotten rid of and blocked anyway because you know you don't need to be hanging out with that 
that person that used to make you stumble and fall before you came to Bible college. I'll just move on right now. Uh, uh, <laughs> shake it off because I'm telling you, the devil knows when you get hot, he's going to show up. But the fire that reveals it will also deal with it. <laughs> I should have given you that one, Christian. Well, that's a good one right there. Well, we have to, and by the way, Christian, thank you for helping me with my notes. I had no staff traveling with me this time, and, and he's been cool as the other side of the pillow. You know what that means, right? You get hot at night, you turn the pillow over, oh, that side's cool. <laughs> you, can, you can write that down, too. And so, he shakes this off. They watch him, and he didn't die. First, they said, you're a murderer, and now they said, he didn't die. He must be a god. Can I tell you today, stop letting people... And stop putting and investing your emotion into people's opinions, whether it's good or bad. Because it's going to come sometimes, they're going to they're shout you down and think you're the greatest thing and say, you're the greatest pastor I've ever had. Then when they leave, they're going to tell everybody you're the sorriest, no good joker that has ever walked the face of the earth, never been there for their family. Yeah, I know he was there with me at 3 o'clock in the morning when my baby died, and I know he did the funeral of my daddy, and he was there and stayed all night even when his daughter was at home sick. He was with my daughter. In the hospital because she has her, uh, stop investing your emotions in people's opinion of your life stop investing your emotions I'm just telling you can't be emotionless but you can invest in people's opinions because they're gonna change watch this Paul in these situations we have to understand that you have a choice you can either when you get bitten by a snake you can either choose the misery or you can choose the mission it's one or the other the Apostle Paul chose the mission and that's what I've come to challenge you to do in this point one of this series I'm preaching this morning. You have got to learn to choose the mission. Even when you're bit by a snake, what do you do when you're sick in body? You, you go and you preach the word of God. What do you do when your heart's been broken inside of you? What do you do when you've done your mom and your niece's funeral that lived with you and you had you had custody of her and she was like your daughter and you have one foot at your mom's funeral and another foot at, at your mom's casket and the other foot at your niece's casket? What do you do when you're preaching that and, and there on a Saturday and you had to preach on a Sunday? You get up and preach anyway. You say, what kind of story is that? I've been there. I, I'll never forget those white and pink caskets. I can't stand them. I, I lost my mom and niece in the same car accident. Stood there on a Saturday weeping and watching my dad and picking my dad up off my mom's casket and then picking him up off my niece's first granddaughter's casket and I had to preach the word of God on Sunday. Couldn't you get somebody to fill in for you, Pastor? Of course I could. But here's what I believe. If, if I would have had somebody fill in for me on that Sunday, if I'd have had someone fill in and preach for me on that Sunday, I didn't ever need to preach another Sunday because if you can't preach the word of God when you're in a good time or a bad time when you're abounding or abased uh, listen God will really he really begins to use you in your crushing uh, I don't believe he'll cause your crushing uh, but he'll let the oil come forth in your crushing uh, that's what makes your ministry effective uh, is the anointing of God don't waste your moments where a snake bites you uh, be anointed for God shout amen somebody amen. so God let it bite him but he wouldn't let it kill him Ooh. That's a word. God let it bite him, but he wouldn't let it kill him. You see, faith and boundaries don't always keep you from getting, getting uh, bitten by a snake, getting attacked. And you'll understand that in a moment. Faith and boundaries don't always keep you from being bitten by a snake. The apostle Paul didn't die. They changed their mind. Again, don't let the opinions. Here we go. One of the leaders, we're getting to his purpose. One of the leaders, and we're almost to ser ser Sermon 2 in our series. Uh, one of the leaders of the island said, my dad is sick. The apostle Paul had, had recovered from that wound. Uh, it had been a few days, and, and he's sitting there. I'm sure he's still thinking, can you believe a snake came out of the fire? I'd still be talking about it. I'd be on Twitter going, can you believe? I know. I've, uh, repost. Hashtag repost. <laughs> snake bit me in the hand hanging off I shook it off in the fire and so they come to him and they say hey my dad's sick and he's dying nobody can do anything for him the apostle Paul he says this he says can I pray for him yeah. 
Don't be afraid to put your faith to the test. Don't be afraid. By the way, Seth, the Lord opened your grandmother's ear of a deaf, her, her right ear's deaf. God healed it last night in service, by the way. Opened it up. I was whispering silently in her ear, and, and God opened it up. How did God do it? I called her up, and, and we prayed for her in front of everyone, and, and, and you put yourself out there. But watch this. It's not your ability that we're leaning on. You're not putting your name on the line. You're putting God's name on the line. He's the healer. And, and so I want to say to you, when, when the apostle Paul, there was a lady last night with a foot that was, that was injured. God healed her foot. There was a gentleman that had a torn muscle. God healed it just like that. And listen, it's not you on the line. It's God on the line. You've got to be bold enough to say, God, listen, so often we're so worried about how we look. And well, I don't want to look like that. I don't want to be failed in a, in, a, in a miracle. I don't want to be known as that. Listen, it's not your miracle anyway. Get your ego out of the way and let God do what he wants to do or not do what he wants to do. And that's where the apostle Paul was. He didn't know for sure that God was going to heal this man. But he says, take me to your, to, to your dad and let me pray for him. And so watch this. Here's what gets me. Now, can I, I can't step down, can I? Because the light, can I step down? I know you step down, no doubt in my mind. But can you imagine, as, as the Apostle Paul, can I, can I use you? You can stay right where you are. Can you imagine as the Apostle Paul, he says, the Bible says he laid hands, he laid hands on this man and prayed the prayer of faith. But the French, he, he laid hands and prayed the prayer of faith. Can I get you to get a picture of this? What hand was it? Do you think he laid on that fever brow? What hand do you think it was that he used to pray for that man? I would imagine that he was going to use his left hand, but then he remembered, wait a minute, the snake bit me in this hand. The very place that the enemy meant to take me out, I'm going to use that place to bring God glory. <laughs> Don't miss this. God will use the very place that the snake attacked you uh, to use you to bring glory to God. You think your failure has messed you up. Uh, you think your mistake, uh, you think with the enemy trying to strike you out uh, is going to take you out. Uh, but I'm telling you, I've lived long enough to find out uh, that God will use my mess up for his glory. Uh, but I've got to get rid of my ego. Uh, it's not about John Wesley. Uh, it's about the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Uh, his name is Jesus. Uh, the Bible describes him as the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. Uh, it's not about me. It's about him shout amen somebody amen. moving on in our series this week I'm glad to have you guys back <laughs> for part two of our series sometimes God doesn't snop snop that's a southern word no it's not it's just a mess up he doesn't stop the snake from biting you he just doesn't let it kill you if you're still breathing you have purpose <laughs> help me Lord I feel the Holy Ghost pushing me but I know I need to I need to finish this now I would rather not be bitten by a snake can I see that hand I see that hand I see that hand I see that hand <laughs> it's a preacher in me I can't help it I would rather not be bitten I would rather I would rather the Lord give a revelation to someone that's in my life to give me a word to say don't go down that path you're going to be bitten by a snake I like those moments, and that's where I want to take you to uh, in, in this portion of the series. I want to take you to a place that I believe God will give you a revelation that you cannot be bitten, that God will speak into your life and say, be careful when you reach out your hand. Be careful. There's a snake right. I've had God speak to me. I've had God speak to me things about a certain person that I thought there is no way you were wrong, but I have learned two things. I, 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 by the way, I have a wife, and she's beautiful. You'd be shocked. I am too. Every time I see her, I'm like, babe. She says, what? I said, I'm shocked every time I see how good looking you are. 
I know every time. But I know this. I know when my wife is mad at me, and I know when God speaks. That's two things I can be certain of because I know both of their voices. Come on, somebody. You better learn to determine the important voices in your life because if you start listening to everyone... Sometimes human nature brings us to a person because we know that they're going to tell us the answer that agrees with our failure. <laughs> I don't have time. Help me, Lord. I'm, i got to stay on part two of this series. So I would like to have ninja-like reflexes. You know, the karate kid. You know, I, I would like to have, I would like for the snake to bite and to move. But here's the thing I have learned about it because I have been struck at and I got bit. I won't go into the details. I was bitten by a mud snake. You say, what is a mud snake? Look it up. They don't have fangs. They have teeth to catch fish. Bit me in the shin, made the skin fall off. If I pulled my pant leg up right now, you'd go, oh my put it back, put it back. It'd be kind of like, anybody ever seen Mr. Deeds when the, the, the foot, the black foot, and he hits him with the pole, and he says, you are disgusting. <laughs> that, that's what you would say, kind of. <laughs> Maybe not. It's not quite that bad, but it's not good. But I wanted you to understand, I would have rather moved my leg out of the way and not been bitten on the shin by a mud snake. I, I, I want to move out of the way, but the problem is I've had snakes strike at me, and, and I'm telling you, you want to come to Louisiana and find some snakes, I will take you to find some snakes. And, and, and I'm moving out of the way, and I, I've, I've missed them, but the problem with when a snake strikes, I'm not thinking, I had better be careful because there's a deep ditch right here. I'm going to jump fast and panicked, but I'm also going to make it around this edge so I don't fall in the mud. One day I fell in the mud because my steps were so panicked after the snake missed the bite at me. I didn't know where I was going. Listen to me. You had better be careful. When Satan strikes at you and misses you, uh, you better mark your steps. You better know that the steps of the righteous are order of the Lord. Because your steps, uh, when they are panicked, uh, you will end up in a wrong direction that God did not call you in. Uh, and sometimes the devil wins even when he misses. Uh, sometimes he wins even when he loses. It seems like uh, because he's been doing this a lot longer and he has plans. Uh, the devil, listen to me, the devil is never going to give up fighting you. The devil is never going to stop trying to bring you down. But here's what I want you to remember. The devil's never going to give up, but watch this. He's always going to lose. <laughs> Help me, Lord. We usually stop in the text, the hand, the, the biting his hand. And I know the text doesn't, doesn't extrapolate, but, but I do. You know, I, if you start describing your pickup truck to me uh, and you start telling me what kind of tires you have on a Mickey Thompson's 37, 26-inch rims, uh, I know you probably have to have an, a Ford F-250 uh, because the only thing that will handle 26-inch rims uh, is an F-4250 with 10 inches of lift on it. Y'all don't know anything about that. But see, my mind extrapolates. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Oh, 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 oh. Y'all don't know Tim the tool man. It's okay. Uh, that's way too old for you. And, and so, so my mind extrapolates from this that what do you do when the snake misses but you're steps are panicked and you go into a wrong direction. What do you do when, when, when the enemy hits you and all of a sudden you're off path where God had called you and you know without a doubt my steps were not ordered of God. How did I end up here? It was a, this is a true story in Texas, not Louisiana, thank goodness. Uh, but there was a, a man that would take his children camping every year and I promise I'm getting close to closing. Uh, what time do we get done, Pastor? 12.30. Father, I'm not even Catholic, but I need every help I could get this morning to finish this up. I've only got one shot at this. He would take them camping, and, <laughs> and, and what he would do is he would take lime, and he would, take, and he would sprinkle it around their, their campsite. Anybody know this? They say lime keeps snakes out. So you make a boundary around your campsite, and, and, and snakes won't come across it. Most often, they won't come across it. And so he would make this boundary. He said, but every now and then, a bold snake would come through his boundary and come into their campsite. I'm going to tell you something. You can have boundaries, and you better. I've been pastoring nearly 22 years. I have never once been in our church with a female and myself that is not my wife or my family by myself ever. 
I have stood at a glass door and had them mad at me that have been at the church for 10 years, 15 years. Pastor, you have known me. You know nothing's going to go on. I said, you're right, certainly not through a glass door. <laughs> it's the look of evil. <laughs> I don't have time to tell you about proximity to sin. You have to have boundaries. But every now and then, a bold snake will come through your boundaries. Even when you've established that boundary, depression is a bold snake that'll come through. You better hear me. I'm telling you right now, the enemy will use depression on your greatest days and on your worst days. I would even dare say that on your greatest days, he likes to use depression because he tries to bring something to balance out because he understands the purpose on your life. Illness is a, is a bold snake that'll come through, and you better know without a doubt who your God is. People, they are a bold snake that'll come through your boundaries. Adultery, a thought out of, that are out of the blue, out of the temptation, fornication, pornography, stuff that you have been, you haven't dealt with in years or months since the calling of God on your life. It's a bold snake that'll show up because the devil never quits, but he's always going to lose. Man, I feel the Holy Spirit right there for somebody. Establish your boundaries. They were camping, and, and, and all of a sudden, one night, a snake came through the boundary, and the dad kind of liked it because he would get a baseball bat. I don't know why he wouldn't use his uh, <laughs> First Amendment right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, AK, anyway, you know, he'd get a baseball bat, and, and, and he would beat this thing in the head. Then he would take this baseball bat, and he would crush the snake's head. I like that idea, crushing the snake's head. I just don't like being so close to a poisonous snake, and his children are there. Once he crushes the head real good, he would get his kids, true story, he would get his kids, Brother French, to come and grab that snake by the tail and snatch it real hard. I know this is gross. And snatch the head off the snake. The crushed head under the ball bat. And throw the body. I'm sorry. Are we rated PG? And he would throw the dead snake in the bushes. And he said sometimes the dead snake would still be wiggling and still moving given the assumption that it's still alive. There are some things in your life that you've killed that are still moving just to try to get your attention. If I had time, if I had time, I, I don't, I'm, I'm in part two of the series and I got to get to part three and part four before we finish this morning. And, and so uh, it, it's still moving, but I want to say to you, you better leave it alone. You better leave it alone. The head's been cut off. And so in the middle of the night, that young boy uh, that was with his dad got out of his tent, had to go find a tree. <laughs> if you don't need, you just ask somebody later on, had to find a tree. So he gets up in the middle of the night barefooted walking to find that tree and when he does he steps on the head of this dead thing but this dead thing still had enough venom in its fangs that it sent this young boy to the hospital and they said it would have killed him had they not gotten him there and gotten him the anti-venom to save his life a dead thing that he stepped on poisoned his steps even when the snake missed the bite I want to tell you this morning there are times the enemy will miss you, but if you are not careful, it will poison your steps. And I believe the devil can be more effective with a poison step because what happens is when you miss the bite, you don't even realize you're poisoned for a little while. You don't realize it's happened because your steps have become poisoned. You just become angry. You become bitter. And you better hear me. The quickest thing that will stop the anointing from flowing in your life is resentment and anger and unforgiveness. It will poison your steps. The steps of the righteous are to be ordered of the Lord. And when they're not, we take panic steps. You better be careful because he'll poison your steps. Shout him man or shout on me somebody you say I don't need this I promise you're going to bring this by the spirit of God out God's going to bring it up to you and, and when you need it the most but when your steps become panicked when they're supposed to be ordered it causes us to take bad steps anybody want to be honest and say I've taken bad steps before anybody my hands up Lord have mercy my I, I you know I, th I thought Lord by the time you know I reached the age of, of of by the way I started the church I've been there you know 21 going 22 years I started the church when I was four years old 
Anyway, do the math. Yeah, thank you. Anyway, I thought it was funny. It's okay. You don't have to laugh. Thank you, Dr. Bell. I appreciate that. It was a courtesy laugh. Listen, when someone's preaching and, and, and you tell a joke that no one laughs at, laugh at it anyway because I've already prayed that prophet lying anointing on you. <laughs> bad steps. I thought by the time I reached a certain age, the bad steps would be no more. I thought I wouldn't have to struggle with certain things when I reach a certain age. Let me help you. You're always going to struggle with the thing that the enemy has been successful with in your life. I mean, you'll get the victory. But the thing that has worked, why would the adversary choose something that doesn't work? His time is limited. I don't have time. I've got a part three of our series. I'm glad you could be here this morning for this series. From that day forward, after this happened, they would bury that head of the snake. They would bury the head. Listen to me. Jesus defeated your enemy, but he is still dangerous. He's as a roaring lion. He's defeated, but he's dangerous. So you can't just go out walking any old place just because you've been to Bible college. There are certain places you still don't need to walk the path. Musicians, whoever helps me, if you'll come back, I would sure appreciate it. First Peter 5 and 8 says, be sober, be vigilant. For what? For your... I appreciate all the professors for helping me. I don't think I heard anybody else. Whoever teaches that class, you... No, I'm kidding. The one thing that I know about drunk people says be sober, right? The one thing I know about drunk people, and I know none of you know about drunk people, <laughs> is they don't have ordered steps. They want to go there. I know you've never been there before. You know, you're trying to go there and you're reaching and you're walking this way. I don't know what it is. Their steps aren't ordered because they're not sober. The Bible is specific when it tells us to be sober because when you're not sober, your steps will not be ordered of the Lord. And I'm not just talking about alcohol. I'm talking about spiritually sober. Sometimes we get so caught up in, in the aroma of our touch from, I've got the greatest touch from God. No, you don't. You have a touch from God and you better be careful because God, it's on loan. It's not even yours. He gives it to you in a measure that you can use it. I'm just, be sober. Don't ever become, this is, this is, this is, from me to you, from John Wesley, not pastor, not just John Wesley, never get so full of yourself that you think you're the one doing it. James 4 and 7, resist the devil and he'll flee. Do you know the only sin that that's not covered? There's one sin that the Bible says and speaks differently about. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee, right? Resist and he'll flee. But when it talks about fornication, it doesn't say resist fornication. What does it say? Flee. Run, fornic- run from it. There are some things you don't need to resist. You need to be gone. That's why your steps need to be ordered. Because proximity creates possibility. So, as we're closing our series... Cutting the heads off of things, and I know you think the snake, that really doesn't matter that much. Yeah, it really does. Cutting the heads off of things is biblical. Anybody think of one for sure that, that they cut the head off? David and Goliath. Remember that? that They knocked him down. Sometimes in battles, I believe the reason you keep facing the thing you faced over and over again because you're knocking it down, but you're walking away before you're finishing the job. So David drew his sword out. He drew his sword out. You're not going to kill that temptation with your mouth. You're going to kill it with a sword, the word of God. I will hide his word in my heart that I might not sin against him. So David draws the giant sword and cuts his head off. I'm definitely no theologian, and there are many here, so it makes me a little nervous. Not really, because, you know, they can fix it when I leave. 
Trust me, Dr. Bell has, has he's repaired plenty of stuff for me. So David's carrying this great big giant's head. You can imagine how that looked. Carries it back before King Saul. And he's standing there and he shows him. And for a little while, they, they have it on display. But then it never really gives us the exact for where he took the head of Goliath. Been doing a little research. And when I say research, I mean Google. <laughs> Tell me what David did with Goliath's head. You laugh, but you know. Siri, Google. And it comes up that it's proposed that they think quite possibly because of the conditions, because of uh, uh, the Jebusites, because of any, but because of all the things going on, that he took this head of Goliath and they had to do something with it and he buried it on a hill. And I was reading this and said he buried it on a hill and, and I was looking and I was thinking, could it be that hill? Because Golgotha is also called the place of the skull. There's some that say it's because there's a shape of two eyes and everything else. But I was reading the book of 1 John Wesley, chapter 4, verse 6. My opinion. Could it be that the reason that it was known as the place of the skull is because we might not have read in the Bible, but they knew in the area that David buried the head of the thing that was trying to take down an entire nation. And Christ, remember David was a type of Christ, right? Christ came from the household, the lineage. If I had time, but I don't have time for part four of this series yet. You say, what's the significance of that? Because you don't just bury a thing that has poisoned your steps any place. You've got to bury it at Calvary. The thing that has messed you up over and over again, that's what I've come to tell you today. Because if we were honest enough and wouldn't get us kicked out of school, by the way, I submitted my application, Pastor Ward rejected it. <laughs> Dr. Bell confirmed it rejected. <laughs> The thing that would get us kicked out of school, we're not going to go down that path, but if we were to be honest today, we all know the thing. You know the thing. The thing that you go on black Google, dark Google, no history Google. You know the thing. Oh, I just got somebody nervous. I'm sorry. I'll look over here and preach. I was like, stop. My degree's in psychology, by the way, in the military, spent about $2 million on body language, so please don't move, don't look down, just smile. If you just smile like this, the best thing you could do is think of a white piece of paper, a blank piece of paper, just like this, and that way they can't read you. I'll just give you that little bit of information if you ever have to go before the dean, because they're reading you. But we all have that thing. That, you know, could be a person when you get frustrated you reach out to and you know you shouldn't maybe maybe it's maybe maybe you haven't gotten maybe maybe your steps aren't poisoned i thank god for that but maybe you've been in a shipwreck maybe maybe you you've gone through something and nobody even knows about it here maybe it's your family back home and the thing that you have always found to be the solid foundation for you to float on has broken apart i want to tell you today that just because it doesn't look like it's always looked does not mean that it can't get you to your purpose I can testify. Maybe, maybe the snake did bite you. And people said, what did you do wrong? 
What did you do right? Stop investing in people's opinion. But the most important thing I want to tell you today, don't let your steps become poisoned because the people you'll come in contact with, you'll spew a little venom for the rest of your ministry. This is, this is two decades of pastoring the same church. By the way, we planted a church in Hernando now. We have over 100 churches in India giving God glory. Come on, somebody. Giving God glory. I was talking to my brother. I'm telling him about some places we have this. And so I, I, I'm not just narrow-minded. I've seen some stuff. I was in the military, deployed different places. Done. I, I get it. I know how life is. But I'm telling you, if you're not careful, when your steps become panic, they'll become poisoned, and you'll spend the rest of your ministry, and you'll try to figure out, God, why hadn't you just used me the way you wanted to? And God's trying to say, because your steps became poisoned, and you didn't even realize it. Just for a moment, maybe every head bowed. Can we, can we do it that way? No one looking around for just a moment. Maybe if you're in here, and maybe if, if, I don't know if you're on live stream or not, I'm sure we're streaming right now. Maybe if you just want to raise your hand like in front of you so nobody can see it. But here's the thing. You, you've got to be honest with yourself because God already knows anyway. And a lot of times you can say, you know what? It's me, John. I'm in a place today, and man, I'm in a storm. Things have broken apart. I've got stuff going on, and, 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 and I just, I need to have the, 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 the peace knowing that God's going to get me to my purpose still. Is that you? Can I see your hand? God bless you. Hands going up. Maybe you're in here today and you say, yeah, I had a fire going and a snake latched onto my hand and, and, and it's really affected me and, and, and I, I just, I need the wisdom. I need the wisdom to know where the snake's coming from. I, I want to, I don't need the reason, but I need a revelation today. Anybody here want to lift your hand up? There's more going up. Maybe you're in here today and, and, and I hope this isn't you, but I was a preacher's kid, okay? And you can just keep your head bowed I, and, and I'm still a preacher's kid. We went on vacation church had been through a tough situation, tough season. My dad had just built a new facility, beautiful facility. When we got to that new facility, things went just a battle. It was a turmoil. His associate pastor calls him and says, Brother Jones, my key don't work to the front door of the church. We're on vacation, just getting away for a few days. He said, well, Wilson, I'm sure the, the key you know, just went bad. Long story short, the denomination that he was a part of, he had gotten behind 31 days on his mortgage. They came and foreclosed on the church building while we went on vacation, sold it, property changed hands while we were gone. And, and so as a preacher's kid, I was thinking in my mind, if church folks can do you like this, what do I want to do with church folks? Listen to me. Don't let one situation skew your view of church people or godly things or church because it messed me up for a lot of years. My steps became poisoned as a young man. And I told God, I'll never preach your gospel and I'll definitely never pastor a church but I learned the broken things the place that the enemy bit me and poisoned my step that's the very place that God used me for his glory so if that's you today any of these things and can we have an altar call Pastor Ward is that is that do we do that here I, on the count I like to count on three because I like for you to move with confidence with everyone else are you ready if it's you if you raise your hand today one two three move 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 get in this altar come on get in this altar move don't don't ever be ashamed I, listen when, when we go someplace with my staff all of my pastors I tell them no matter what the altar calls for you get in the altar if they call for what if they call for salvation pastor get in the altar you probably need it what if they call for Holy Ghost baptism get in the altar I, every time why because God promised me he'll always meet me at the altar Thank you for listening to this podcast. 
If you would like to know more about Faith Bible College International, please go to faithbci.org. And find out how you can enroll in our programs or partner with our mission. Again, thank you for listening to FBCI Podcast. Join us next time for more teaching and encouragement. Remember, you make a world of difference. 